Hi, and welcome to Us Outspoken. You're joined here today by Gabby, Chris, and Matea. And this week, we're going to be talking about riots, protests, and how they affect public policy. Okay, so lately, there's been a lot of protests all over the world, from here in Asia, like in Indonesia, Hong Kong, Thailand, and the Philippines, to the Americas in Venezuela and the USA, and even Africa, like in Nigeria. These protests are not necessarily for the same kind of movement. For example, in Thailand, it's a push for democracy, in Indonesia, it's for workers' rights, and in the United States, it's for racial equality. The one thing that they do have in common is that they're not only happening in the middle of a pandemic, but also that they're in the form of public action and protests. So today, we're here to discuss the extent that they're effective. So Gab, Chris, what do you guys think in general about protesting and rioting? Are they the same thing? Uh, what are your thoughts? Okay, I think we could start by uh, by outlining the differences between protesting and rioting. Uh, because I don't think they're the same thing. Uh, I think, for instance, peaceful protest or demonstration is actually a way of exercising one's freedom of speech. It's a way of expressing one's view and opinions about the decisions made by those in power mm -hmm. and those who represent us. Uh, mm -hmm. Most importantly, I think it's a way of advocating for change and perhaps even progress in some cases. Uh, however, I think uh, the main differences is that riots are ent entirely... Okay, I'll repeat that. Uh, however, riots are an, an entirely different ballgame. Riots usually comprise of destruction of property, looting, vandalism, and other forms of, I guess, disorderly conduct. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't think this is an effective way to bring up change, because ironically, the act of rioting often undermines the moral standing of peaceful protesters who authentically demand change for the better. Mm -hmm. This is because public perception couldn't be moved by acts of violence or intimidation, and which would only confirm their prejudices. Uh, on the other hand, peaceful prot protesters would actually trigger a sense of empathy and solidarity within the public, mm -hmm. which may encourage them to support the cause as well. I think history has shown us that this is particularly true as we can see from like the the civil rights movements in the in the early 1960s to the late 1960s in which we see civil rights leaders such as Martin Luther King and numerous others peacefully protesting the rights for African American in the United States mm -hmm. uh, I, I think from that example we could see the difference between people like Martin Luther King and Maybe someone like Malcolm mm -hmm. X who advocated for a more radical and aggressive way of demanding change in the form of armed struggles or rioting or whatever. And I think we can see like history could be the judge today in which which figure do we see as being more responsible in bringing up the changes in civil rights in the United States. And I think it's and I, th I think there's no argument that Martin Luther King definitely played a greater role and contributed more to the advance of the civil rights cause in the United States because of his peaceful way of protesting and demanding change. So, yes, that's my two cents. Okay. Yeah, I I, I feel like I agree um, in some parts um, that protests and riots are different, ultimately just because of, like, the action itself. Like, protests, we see, it's, is, we see it as something more of, like, 
a peaceful demonstration, but riots often involve um, destruction of property, and it just has more of a negative um, connotation compared mm-hmm. to protests itself. But I feel like I would I would actually kind of disagree with you, Chris, on like on just like the effectiveness of riots itself, because like um, I feel like there's there's always a, a big debate on whether uh, riots, you know, compared to protests, are actually effective. Um, compared to peaceful protests are actually effective. But I think to an extent that riots can also be somehow like mm-hmm. a catalyst for change. Um, and before we get into that, I feel like it's also important to focus on why these riots happen, right? Like why, what is like the main purpose of this certain protest or riot? Because um, I feel like it also depends per issue. Like if we talk about a really, a really like sensitive um, or or just a really broad issue like racial injustice or or um, something like economic inequality like we know that it has affected people in we know that it's affected people um, greatly right um, until to the point where there's there's this like sort of like a disparity um, between like uh, if it's economic equality let's, we can just say like a rich a gap between mm-hmm. like the rich and the poor um, so I feel like when it comes to issues such as this, like really issues which also hold lots of emotion, lots of like anger um, onto a certain group of people, I feel like that's how it can ultimately also lead on to, you know, uh, violent protests or violent riots. But that doesn't mean that that couldn't cause um, change, right? Because I feel like to an extent when people show these emotions through through rioting, through um through protesting or rioting, you know, be it peaceful or not, it will eventually lead to, you know, media attention. And that can also um, sort of like, sort of like prompt, Mm -hmm. I guess, their government to, to, you know, change public policy. But yeah, I feel like that's how I primarily see it. Yes, I think you brought up some very good points, Uh, especially the points in which you said like, yes, protesters could, yeah, somehow trigger the government to change public policy for the better. Uh, however, I think I would also mm-hmm. like to point out that uh, as servants of the public, so to speak, uh, the government reacted more to public perception and public opinions. And I think for one, ri- for one, rioting doesn't trigger a positive feeling or perception in the eyes of the public because it uses violence means where, yes, peaceful protesters may open up people's heart because it triggers a sense of empathy mm-hmm. as i previously mentioned and mm-hmm. also i think for one uh like the act of destroying properties when it comes to riots i think overall actually may have a very negative impact to those who want to change because as we can see from the protests and the riots that's happening lately it usually happens in minority or in less wealthy neighborhoods, so to speak. And I think the destruction of those property actually have a negative impact for like those people who are who those protesters are actually fighting for in some occasion. So yeah. Um so yeah, no, I definitely agree with I guess like what you're saying on um like destruction of public property and how that's sort of like pushing some people away, you know, from act, from fighting from the actual cause because they might be too scared or, I don't know, it's just, it might give off the wrong image of mm-hmm. the movement itself. But um, I don't know, I feel like when we talk about 
riots, there's like two important things to take note of is like, first is um, the fact that we're sort of in a democracy, mm. right? Or let's not just say we, let's just say like these, most of these countries, at least, um, especially in democratic countries, of course, like when, um, because of the system, it sort of allows people, especially the public to speak out on whatever issues. Um, and it also allows the public to sort of react on how they feel about um, a certain issue, right? Um, if we're talking about something like mm-hmm. the civil rights movement, then obviously like, okay, maybe in the eyes of the public, it might seem as like, oh, very peaceful protests. But prior to that, like, there's a lot of events that happened as well that sort of caused lots of, um, like, destruction Mm. as well. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when we're fighting for a social movement, it's not as, like, easy as, like, oh, yeah, let me just peacefully protest and somehow change happens. I feel like there's a lot, there's, like, a, there's a deeper history between, between that and, like, um, the actions that people do, um, especially since, I guess, protesting or even just, like, the act of writing itself is, like, a mm-hmm. part of democracy, right? Um, mm. And it's sort of, if, sorry, if we're talking about this in, like, um, regarding the civil rights movement, I feel like democracy is such a vital part of American culture because it's um, sort of like standing up for your own values, right? Especially since America is a country with a long history of social injustice, um, regarding race and and whatnot. Um, and I also kind of wanted to bring out this really interesting thing that I found that riots are actually, though they can be destructive and in nature and that they can also be a disadvantage mm-hmm. to some people, they also act as a symbol, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very interesting if we talk about uh, the recent riots regarding um, racial injustice, especially with what happened to George Floyd. Um, yes, like, like explicitly we can see that, oh yeah, it's, there are riots where people start looting and causing economic disruption or, mm-hmm. or some type of disruption, right? But it actually symbolizes something greater, you know, which is like, which is this internal feeling that most people feel um, regarding, regarding the situation of race in, in the US. Um, and it's actually pretty interesting because even a, d- a domestic pro- protest that, you know, started in the US, like, sort of like led to international protests around Mm -hmm. the world on like race and other various issues. I guess like the vital, you know, role of democracy and also the symbolism in protests or riots. I feel like it's a it's just two important things to take note of as well. Okay. Yes, I think protests could really be a symbol of democracy in action. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, I think I don't think by saying that riots is a form of democracy. I don't think it justifies it because democracy shouldn't be a violent thing that involves destruction of things. And I think just to uh I think just like to give like one short example of how peaceful things actually brings change compared to violent means such as riots. Uh I think in I think in the end, I believe that uh whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. peaceful means will always be better than violent means and achieving change. I think we could take a look by looking at like the civil rights movement in the 1960s when we look at Martin Luther King uh, making doing peaceful march to Washington and all those stuff in comparison to those segregationists who decided to take action and burn churches and other public properties. And we could really see that in the end, the public would side with the civil rights movement. And one of the reasons why that happened is Definitely because of their peaceful means and 
So which is why I I always think that peaceful means would always be better at achieving change than the barrel of a gun, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I definitely get that because like I feel like everyone would always be like pro peace and things like that. But then I think it also really depends on the issue, right? Because there are some issues which are mm, like very controversial and and maybe not even controversial. Maybe it's just it's an issue that not many people know about yeah. as well. Like they're not well educated mm. on it as well. Yeah. So maybe along those lines. Um, you know, some people can get a misunderstanding of why they're rioting and things like that. But I feel like if we're talking about an issue that's very like emotional or like has has a really big emotional attachment uh, with people, um, I think you know, riot rioting is also like a way of them to express you know their anger and like how they feel about a certain issue. And it's actually very interesting because um, lots of people have mentioned that like. Oh yes, like in the in in the immediate aftermath, like in the in the short run, riots can definitely, um, you know, cause public destruction or even like scare away like let's say like businesses or you know like they have like some economic impact or whatever. Mm. Uh, but in the long term, it actually shows like it might also be sort of a change because it can even like motivate politicians or whatnot to like implement these public policies because they feel that this is like what. The people really want, like, due to the action of like rioting and things like that. So yeah, I feel like that's that's where I'm kind of going with this. But yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I think you guys, uh, you guys really went long and hard on um, on your various <laughs> differing opinions on riots and protests. But uh, the way I see it, I think it's mostly um, it serves one or two general purposes. I think um, while you did say you guys did mention at the beginning that riots and protests are uh, different things. It's just in which they one attracts positive attention and one attracts negative in- attention. But I think that's the primary focus, the the primary function of like doing something like this. I think it's just simply to attract attention to an issue that you want to shed light on, um, be it positive attention or negative attention. It doesn't matter as long as they're as long as there's like a spotlight towards this issue that you want something changed. And um, honestly, I think that if I could insert like my own personal opinion on this is that um, protests can be a good thing. Definitely protests are uh, protests are, I think, um, your democratic right, I think, to um, to express opinions and express your your thoughts and your disagreements and your agreements on certain issues that are on the table right now but on the other hand once they get out of hand i think is where i draw the line because peaceful protesting is one thing and rioting is another one really just doesn't benefit anybody i would say um while while protesting really does just uh really does try and and, and attract attention through like a peaceful way chanting and marching and things like that but when you start protesting and destroying public property i think that's when it doesn't really benefit anyone because once you destroy public property, I think it doesn't just uh, put you at a disadvantage, but it also kind of puts everyone else at a disadvantage. Um, Take, for example, when uh, this recent protest in Indonesia about the passing of the omnibus law, um, a lot of people really disagreed with that and they they took to the streets and everything. And by the end of the day, um, in the Jakarta protest, what they did was that they had burned down a bus, 
a bus station right in like the the heart of the city in Bundaran Hai, if you guys know where that is. And um, I think ultimately what they're trying to do is make a statement, but I don't think that they thought afterwards that it doesn't just put a negative connotation towards the protests and the good work that they did today, but also it doesn't benefit everyone who uses this public facility on a daily basis, if you get what I mean. It just kind of... Um, people who usually use that bus stop or get off at that bus stop, they don't get to use those facilities anymore. They don't get to enjoy uh, the benefit that it, it gives. And I think that's where I really try and draw the line and like where it starts, where where you begin and try and change, make good for everybody. And like it, at the end of the day, you're just kind of um, putting someone else at a disadvantage. I think that's I think that's where riots turn to protests. No, wait, I think that's where protests turn to riots. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was an interesting and fruitful discussion on the effectiveness of um, riots and protests. There were sincerely like two differing opinions, and I think that Uh, Both are very valid. Mm, I wanted to continue this conversation towards um, a topic that's I feel like we discuss quite frequently on this podcast, um, which is actually COVID-19, in which we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that uh, these riots were most these riots were actually happening in the middle of a global pandemic. And so we wanted to question the dilemma, I think, that everyone feels when uh, trying to change something in terms of protesting. On one hand, uh, people are people are worried to go out because COVID is still a thing, and it's. I think in some places it might be getting worse. Like in Indonesia, it's not really getting any better. But on the other hand, there is mm-hmm. a, there is like an innate feeling of wanting to be involved in uh, making a change for the better, I think. So I wanted to ask you guys, what do you guys feel about protesting in the middle of this pandemic? Um, okay. So I think for me personally, I'm sort of like divided. Um, like my opinion sort of divided on the situation because at one hand, like I understand how important riots are, especially in like fueling social change and whatnot. But at the same time, we're also in the middle of a global pandemic Mm -hmm. um that affects you know different communities disproportionately so um at some point i do really i do um support you know the action of protests in general because i feel like it is like our democratic right and and it's also um it's important as well that we need like for us to sort of speak up on issues and to also get the media's attention to cover these issues um but at the same time i feel like when we're protesting, it's also important that we, um, you know, follow COVID guidelines and fo- follow COVID etiquette just, like, by using masks. Um, I know that social distancing is probably something that's out of the list because, obviously, if we're, if a group of people are, like, together in one area, that's not really social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I feel like, to the best extent, if people do follow COVID etiquette, I feel like that will at least minimize um the risk of that but i can't say for sure because i don't think mm-hmm. any of us are like health healthcare professionals um but yeah it's definitely something that i'm very divided on yes i think i agree with what gabby said uh i think as much as possible uh when it comes to protests during this age of covid-19 
we really need to be aware about our situation in which we really need to observe health protocols and perhaps even social distance if that's possible uh which i think there's some mm-hmm. actually there's like some quite good examples of social distancing during protests where they stand one meter apart while holding a sign uh yeah but oh yeah I, but i mean ideally it's like that but of course i understand that theoretically when people start gathering together with a group of people yeah it becomes mm-hmm. really difficult to social distance even even when at the, even when we're like not protesting even when we're like hanging out with friends for instance during mm-hmm. covid-19 it's very difficult for us to observe social dis- distancing so yeah, yeah so i think ideally yes we have to just follow the health guidance of our respective health health authorities yeah do do you guys feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of having to social distance while protesting because like either way when you protest like outside and you go outside and you and you like go ahead and march it's like you're still gathered in a large crowd of people you're still exposing yourself to like a lot of these health risks but like what do you guys think about that uh, i don't know how to i don't know how to okay so um this is sort of like a personal story ish but I, I had a several friends that joined uh the big protests um regarding George Floyd's death and racial injustice in the US and mm-hmm. a lot of them told me that um none of them actually tested positive for covid which is pretty interesting you know considering that they were in large crowds mm-hmm. um so i guess that's a very it's i guess that's sort of like a very interesting paradox right and i know that there's also several evidence that um you know in some states at least when it comes to these the uh the uh, protests in the US um there hasn't really been any noticeable spikes in infection rates mm-hmm. um possibly because people are following covid etiquette but if we compare that to other countries we're also not really sure right um on how you know how people are actually like abiding by these rules of like wearing masks yeah. and so on and so forth Um but it's actually very interesting because I don't know if you guys realize but like in today's day and age because of covid and because like people can't go out some some people can't go out and protest there's like a big um a big rise in digital activism. Oh, I think I that's like something that's very interesting like that I just that I noticed because like now lots of people are making um infographics online um as like a form of protest or even mm-hmm. taking their protests of things like TikTok cuz it's mm-hmm. just like I don't know it's like it's very interesting to me at least cuz it's it just shows how our generation is adapting to to like this new form of protesting which is pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very interesting way of protesting during this age of pandemic and I think even further than that I think one thing that's really good that comes out of it is the fact that more people could now then voice their opinions through social media of course mm-hmm. like people those people who usually avoid joining protesters or fighting for certain causes now have the platform to also speak up their minds and also support these causes which is actually a very amazing thing because i think we have seen like especially in recent decades and years mm-hmm. uh, that social media is actually very influential when it comes to government decision making and policies. And yes, I think that's yeah. something that's very good. And I think it's great that our generation is actually leading the world in advocating 
for change through social media. So, yeah. Hmm. Um. I think that's really interesting because, like, um, I just wanted to bring it back a little bit because uh, I wanted to uh, say that uh, situations in different countries uh, regarding COVID are kind of uh, vary. Like they vary. You know, in Europe it might be a mm-hmm. little bit more handled. In the U.S. it might be totally crazy and such. With Indonesia, <laughs> you know. Um, um, I did with the recent omnibus protests. Um, there were actually uh, I I'm not gonna deny, but there were lots of crowds, and some of my friends even went. Um, mm-hmm. in any way, I think that even though um, even though that there were still people that took to the streets and everything, but I think there were also a lot of people that actually ended up taking online. Um, especially regarding a lot of these issues like with uh with the black lives matter movement with the omnibus law mm-hmm. protest there were a lot of like you know um posts trying to educate a lot of people of like why they disagree and like why they should not support this law and um i think that's where human resilience kind of really shows especially in like a really desperate um time like this in the middle of a global mm-hmm. pandemic i think that's where human resilience and trying to make a change does not limit itself to an actual t- physical time and place but actually kind of shifts its focus towards like you know using platforms like the internet and i think that's also partly due to like the growing youth population using the internet like you know like how we uh discussed mm-hmm. generate uh gen z like last last podcast episode and really there are a lot of factors that move um political activism towards the internet but i think this is really where people are not going to stop fighting for what they believe in just because they're not allowed to go outside um but definitely the ways of like how people are protesting online are getting way more creative because they're confined to the internet right not necessarily Mm -hmm. confined to the internet but like they're trying to make use of whatever platforms they have online to kind of make sure that everyone understands the statement that they're trying to make whether it be by uh, slamming uh slamming uh members of parliament on <laughs> on tiktok or mm-hmm. or making infographs uh and it's just like create creativity with signs and trying to get people to understand your point of view is like it's really not mm-hmm. gonna stop it's like it's going to go on forever and i think with uh, how it seems like digitization is moving it seems like this will be even more and more prevalent as time goes on. So what we've discussed today so far comes to the conclusion that um, protesting is going to happen either way or not. Uh, Either like one way or... uh, Okay. (laughs) It's okay. So protesting overall, what we've discussed here this week is that protests and riots are going to happen one way or another because it's the people's method of making sure that their opinions are heard and it's obviously their democratic right and while the effectiveness kind of varies in between how peaceful or how violent um no that's not it while its effectiveness definitely depends on the situation and the context and actually how the events won't go down but um definitely for sure the the main purpose of um protests in which they are to, to in which they are to uh, in which they are to <laughs> attract attention to um, a certain issue at hand 
I think that's always, always served every single time people go out to protest. And in this, in this, in this, uh, in this world right now, in the day and age of uh, COVID nineteen, I think that protests are not going to stop either. People are still definitely going to take down to their streets and try and voice out their opinions. And uh, the only message that we can, we as your hosts, um, is to stay safe and follow COVID protocols because we can't really stop you. And Mm -hmm. if you can't go out, um, there are definitely other ways to get involved as well, um, especially with the accessibility of the internet right now. You can definitely get creative and try and um, educate other people on why you disagree or why you should agree. And you're not limited. You're just because COVID-19 has limited you to a physical space doesn't mean that you have to be limited in terms of how and why you can, uh, in terms of how you can speak up. So we'll end this podcast episode with a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. But it is not enough for me to stand before you tonight and condemn riots. It would be morally irresponsible for me to do that without, at the same time, condemning the contingent intolerable conditions that exist in our society. These conditions are the things that cause individuals to feel that they have no other alternative than to engage in violent rebellions to get attention. And I must say tonight that a riot is the language of the unheard. We'll see you next week.